today is, is a great day to be here. Uh, we have, we have a, a great, awesome, uh, big announcement. I'm going to save it for the end as we walk this out. In fact, I had, I had already decided a while back that we would be going into a different series, that we'd be going into uh, a series about eternity and what does, what does the end look like. And I think we will get to that. Uh, here before too long, but I felt like God kind of shifted us a little bit, and I feel like this message and maybe the next few messages as we walk this out as a church is timely for us as a church, and and so uh, I want to I want to take you on a journey today. I want to take you on a journey. You see, I was I was my, my mom had me at 17 years old, and when my mom had me at 17 years old, uh, I, I I I raised up, grew up. And ironically, when I was 17, uh, I had, a, I had a, a, a project, an English project. And the project uh, was to go ask a parent about a list of 10 questions. And you ask the 10 questions and, and fill it out and return that. And, and that was the grade. Well, one of the questions on that, on that project was, what is one of your, your greatest regrets in life? And, and I, I didn't allow her to answer that. I answered it for her. And I said, having me. And I don't think I really meant that per se, but somewhere deep down inside, I feel like that was a part of, of, of what I had felt like. I felt like I had ruined her life. I felt like she didn't go to college, and I felt like life was cut short for her in that moment. And, and, and here I was, right? And she had to take care of me. And, and so we were able to talk some things out through that moment and through, through the course of time there. Uh, but with that, we started this church. We started this church uh, with not wanting people to regret their past, with with, with people with people not being hung up on what the past has looked like, because we all have a past, right? We all have some things that maybe that we're not proud of. We're, we all have some things that maybe we wish we could change in our past, but but it is what it is that we've got to move forward. And so so when we started Hope Rising, we said, man, we don't want people to be hung up on their past. We want them to to continue to move forward in their life. We wanted to see people dream again. We wanted to see people's dreams come to life again, that, that God would breathe life in the people once more, right? Uh, that, that song we sang a, a minute ago. And so, so the great are you, Lord. It's his breath in our lungs. It's, it's who he is, that he would breathe his life into us and that we would know and that you would know that you were created for something more. That you were created for something great to live out. And that people would start fulfilling and living out their purpose. That we, as a church, could play a part in people's lives to say, hey, you don't have to settle for less than what God's best is for your life. And I want you to know that today. You don't have to settle for less than what God's best is for you. That's, that's, that we could get people to say this, that I was made for this. Like I hope in your life there's something inside of you that says I was made for this. And, and maybe, maybe you've lived life and you're not quite sure what, what you're made for. But I, one of my, my dreams, one of my hopes and prayers for you is that you could stand up and be able to say I was made for this. In fact, I, I wore the shirt today uh, that, we, that, we, what, that we passed out a long time ago and said I was made for this. See, I believe that we, God's got a plan and a purpose for all of us. We just got to find out what that is. And whatever this is, we want to be a part of that in your life and help you discover that. In fact, if, 
if we're going to help people find their this, we knew we'd had to figure out what was important to us. If we were going to help you find your this, then we had to figure out what's important to us and as a church, what would make us tick. And so, so we, we quickly began to toss some ideas around what we were going to value, some things that were going to just kind of unshakable things that we were going to walk around with. And, and we first and foremost say, you know what, we're going to value people. We're going to value people above all else. God said it, love God, love people. Like, like if you get anything right, love people. And so, so we said we're going to value people. If people matter to God, then they got to matter to us. Come on, Hope Rising. If people matter to God, then they got to matter to us. And so we said we're going to value people, and, and we're going to value reach. We're going to value reaching out, not just in, but reaching out. Uh, so many churches, if you've grown up in church, a lot of churches have been inwardly focused. Well, we didn't want to be a church that was just inwardly focused. We wanted to be a church that was outwardly focused, that was making a difference outside of whatever four walls we found ourselves in as a portable church. We said we want to reach people. We, we want to be teachable. We said, man, what are we going to value? We're going to value being teachable. We don't have all the answers. We will never have all the answers. That we will be dedicated to learning and and that we would be a generous church. I said, man, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to have a stingy church. That we would live open-handed to God and open-handed to others. That generosity would not just be something about money, but it also would be our time and our our talents and what God has placed inside of us. That we would be a generous people, and that everything that we did, we would do it with excellence. Everything that we did. No matter how hard it is or, or, or how easy it is that we would put in the effort to make sure that if it's a Sunday, that when people walk into a Sunday, that we make it as easy as possible for people to experience the presence and the power of God in their life. If it's a group, that they would experience that in a group setting, whatever it may be, that, but whatever we did, we would do it with excellence. And it's, it's the first time in ministry, the first time in ministry that I know why we do what we do. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you grew up in church. I grew up in church. I'm a church brat. And I just knew we did Sundays because that's what you're supposed to do. We just go to church on Sunday because that's what we did, right? Uh, I got drugged to church. I got drugged out of church, right? Uh, all those things. And so uh, I, just, I just knew we'd go to church. I knew uh, youth group was on Wednesday. Uh, I knew we did different things. And I was, that's just what we did. But I didn't really know why we did it. And for the first time in my life, as we started this church, God really has opened my eyes to help us understand why we do groups, why we have a Sunday, why we do things that we call growth track, and why we serve. And so, so let's, let's dive in real quick, if you would, to Exodus chapter 6 uh, to, to give you a little bit of history here in this story. Uh, Moses, right, is being raised up to be the deliverer for the children of Israel. They have been captive for 400 years and Moses has this burning bush experience, and uh, God tells him to go to Pharaoh. And so in verse chapter, or chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. They had been there. They, they, it's coming up on 400 years. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out 
from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I want to point out four things right here for you. The first one is this, is that, that in Scripture, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. God wants to save you. God wants to be the savior and the ruler of your life, that, that he wants to bring you out from the yoke of bondage, the yoke of the Egyptians, of the slave of sin, no longer, but a, but a, a child of God. I, I'm so excited that, that I, I looked through our numbers that over the past two and a half years that we've been able to see two, just under 200 people give their life to Jesus. I think that's something to celebrate. Come on, Hope Rising. That's amazing that under 200, just under 200 people have said yes to Jesus. And so, so when we do Sunday, you need to know that Sunday is for, uh, not just for you, but it's for, the, it's for unsaved people. It's for people that don't know Jesus. Uh, and so when they come in, we want to give them an opportunity to, to all obstacles aside, to walk in, this be a friendly place. This be a place where people can find hope and they can find healing and that they would know that by the time they leave here, whether they give their life to Jesus or not, they would know that, man, I have felt something different. I might need to come back there because I want to keep on feeling what I felt. If you've ever felt the presence of Jesus, you know that there's something sweet about the presence of Jesus. So I will bring you out from under the, the yoke of the Egyptians. Second thing with this scripture is I, I will free you from being slaves. I will free you from being slaves. You see, you see, salvation comes instantly, but freedom is a process. I, I say yes to Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, boom, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, baby, life is good. But, but freedom, you ever figured out or wondered why you're still struggling with some of the things you're struggling with, is because freedom is a process. And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins to, to who? One another, not Jesus. Confess our sins to one another, James 5, 16 says, then we shall be free. And, for, and I get it. If you grew up in church, you didn't want to tell anybody your problems. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to come in on a Sunday. I'm going to look fly. I'm going to have my J's on. It's going to be a good day, right? We're not, but we're going to go up to the prayer team. We're like, I need you to pray for me, but it, it's an unspoken. So I just need you to generally pray because I don't want to have to go into it and tell you because you're afraid what? They're going to tell somebody, right? Or somebody's going to know your stuff. And so then when you walk into church, it's like, oh, man, they know. They know. I, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. But the Bible says that if we confess our sins to one another, that's where the healing takes place. See, Jesus, he took the stripes on his back for our healing. But part of the process is, is not just confessing it to God, but it's saying it's, it's, it's having somebody in your life that says, hey, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? So what that tells me is, is that you got to have some people in your life that you trust. And the problem is we live life not trusting anybody because you're not going to do me like that. And, and, and you're not gonna, I'm not going to allow somebody to hurt me. And what happens is we live our lives isolated. But, but for the first time as we started this church, I began to realize that this is why we do groups. So people can walk in freedom. So people can walk in the freeness of who they are in Christ, and even if they do struggle, even if they do mess up, there are some things, there are some people around them that can say, hey, when you fall, I will be there to help pick you up. And that's the kind of church we're going to be, that, that when you fall, we're going to be there not to kick you down, not to continue to, to ridicule you, but we're going to pick you back up, and we're going to dust you off and let you know that you're not in it alone, that people are with you, believing in you. Amen? 
So I will free you from being slaves and point out, I will redeem you thirdly with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Man, God's got purpose for you. God has got purpose that he would lead you in that true purpose. And he says, fourthly, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. For us to begin to live in community with others, making a difference. How many want to make a difference? I want to make a difference. And here's the deal. I believe God is moving us into a season of big faith as a church. Everybody say big faith. Come on, do your hands. Big faith. There you go. All right, yeah. Hey, I, I believe that God is moving us into a season of big faith. Uh, probably the biggest season of big faith we've been in since we have started in my my opinion. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I believe that God is calling us to be a church of faith, to being a church that prays and a church that believes that as we walk into this season of big faith, that we're going to have to pray some big faith type of prayers. We're going to have to believe God to do some big faith type of things. You see, anytime God is calling you to steps of faith, it will require you to venture to a place that will require trust. Anytime God is calling you to steps of faith, it will require you to trust. It will require you to say, I know it doesn't look right, but I'm going to trust. I know you're calling me out to step on water, but I'm going to trust. And so as we dive in today, I began to think of a prophet in the Old Testament that trusted God. In fact, his name was Elijah. If you've read your Bible or you grew up in church, you may have heard of him, uh, one of the major prophets there, Elijah. And uh, to back this story up before we run into the scripture here, Elijah declares rain for no rain for three years. Man, I don't know about you, but I couldn't imagine no rain in South Texas for three years, right? <sighs> Please rain, my grass will be burnt, everything, right? And so he declares no rain for three years. And, and, and what happens is, is he goes away and he would have food brought to him by ravens, birds that would not normally actually provide food, but would take it away. He's provided, uh, provided food by ravens and he would get water from this brook until this brook dried up. Have you ever been to a place where you were getting source, you were getting nourishment and then that source dried up? It, maybe, maybe it was a job. You had a job that was providing for you, but the COVID-19 season happened and, and that brook dried up, right? It's not there anymore. Well, this is where Elijah found himself, where, where he, was, he was going to the source that was providing the nourishment, providing the strength that he needed, but it dried up. But how many of you know that God can provide for you any means necessary regardless of the season? I'm going to say that again. How many know God can provide for you regardless of the season? Do you know that God is not bound by COVID-19? Do you know that God is not bound by this season that we find ourselves in? Like, I, I know it, there's been some desperate times maybe for some of you. I know it has been tough on people. But I want you to know, and God has proven himself faithful, that he is not bound by the seasons that we live in. He is above all of that. He, he owns it all to begin with. And so, he declares rain for three years. 
There is no rain. So what happens? God directs him and goes. He says, go to this widow's house. And he goes to this widow and her son. He says, he goes, yo, I need some bread and some water. I'm thirsty. And she said, well, I'm about to actually make my last meal with my son, and, I'm, and we're going to die. We're just going to wait, take our last breath, and die. And Elijah says, okay, that's cute. That sounds good. But go ahead and make me my meal first. I know you're going to, you, 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 and then, then you can worry about leftovers. All right? I mean, if you read the story, you're like, man, Elijah, he's, he's ruthless. Man, this guy is, is really, like, I can't believe he would say this to this widow and her son. Uh, they, they don't have anything. But he goes to her and he says, he says, do this. And so she feeds him. She feeds him. And, and then the Bible tells us that she begins to have enough for the rest of her days for throughout this drought. She has enough. I was so excited because, because what, I, what I believe she, she did is that she honored what God had spoken through Elijah, and she always had enough. You see, you can never go wrong when you obey God. You, you can never go wrong when you obey the voice of the Lord. When God speaks, whether it's, th- whether it's an audible voice or whether it, it's straight to you, I don't, I'm never, I don't know if I've heard God's audible voice before, but I know that God speaks to me through his word and through his spirit and, and through other people. And when we honor what God is doing and speaking there's always enough. It doesn't make sense that I'm going to give somebody else my food, my last portion, but I know that if I obey the Lord, that God will be a God that always provides. Amen? Amen. And so, so she's got food. It's great. But then her son dies. Her son dies. Can you imagine? You, you thought you were going to die. You didn't. Now you got food, but then her son dies, and she's like, Elijah, you brought us to this point. You brought this upon me. You better go do something about it. Now it's your problem. I did what I was supposed to do. This is your problem. Have you ever been like that with God before? I have. I'm like, yo, God, this is your problem. It's your thing. You started it. You finished it. You make it happen. This is where she's at with Elijah. She's like, yo, fix it. He's dead. Elijah's like, don't worry. I got this. (laughs) He goes and prays for the son. The son comes back to life. Uh, it's, it's amazing, right? And then it says in verse 24, it said, Then the woman told Elijah, Now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Can I tell you that your acts of faith will cause others to believe in Jesus? That your belief in Jesus and walking it out, even when it's scary, even when it doesn't make sense, that your acts of faith will cause other, it'll cause your neighbors that you thought were, were spawns of Satan, that, that, that they'll, they'll give their life, they, they will believe, they will eventually believe because of the prayers you paid, uh, pray, the prayers you prayed, not paid. Uh, and, so, uh, and, and because of your faith, they'll be like, wow, God truly is good. And so we find Elijah, he is, he is now on, on notice with the king, King Ahab and Jezebel. You may not know Ahab, but you know Jezebel, right? You're like, oh, I know her. And so uh, there's, they're mad at him. He's the only prophet. He's ruining their lives. And he said, hey, let's have a contest. 
Anybody competitive? I'm competitive. Like, I, I like to win. I don't, I don't play for second place. I play for keeps, right? Uh, do what you got to do. I'll break your knees. I, I don't care. We'll make it happen. Uh, but I like to win. And so uh, Elijah says, you get your 850 prophets, false prophets, and, 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 I, and I'm just going to be me. And you go get a bull. I'm going to get a bull. You make an altar. I'm going to make an altar. And you pray to your 850 gods or, or however many gods you've got, you have, you, you pray for all of them. Go ahead, pray to them that, that fire from heaven would strike this bull, light it on fire. You, you go ahead and do that. I'll sit back and watch. And if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll think about praying to God and, and, and we'll, we'll show you who, who wins, okay? And so the Bible says that Elijah, Elijah says, go do that. So they start, they start praying, they start chanting, nothing's happening. Uh, he starts laughing at them and mocking them. Man, have you ever been like losing in a moment and you're like, oh man, and, that, and you're being mocked by, by the other team? Right? And, and so, so they're just being mocked. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you cut yourself? It's great. And so, like, literally, they start mutilating their bodies uh, and crying out to these false gods and, and trying to, to see this altar consumed by fire. And so, finally, Elijah had had enough. He's like, y'all watch out. I've been, I've been toying with you this whole time. Uh, watch this. And so, he gets water. He pours it on the altar where it's submerged in water, basically. And he prays, and God sends fire down from heaven. The Bible goes on to say that he actually goes and he kills all these false prophets. And then the story picks up right here. He says, then Elijah said to Ahab, this is the king, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. So seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, he, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky will be black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt, ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Four things I want to point out. And then I want to tell you what God is doing. First is this, is that Elijah heard. Can you say that with me? Elijah heard. What did he hear? I believe that he heard that his miracle was on the way. I, I believe that, that he began to hear that his miracle was on the way. It had not rained for three and a half years. The land was in drought. People were suffering. It was reminded me of this season we're in right now. You could say we're in a drought type of season right now. You, you may be okay, but there's a lot of other people that maybe are not. And so we, he says, I hear, I heard a mighty rainstorm coming. Before you ever see God do something great, I believe that you will hear it in the spirit first. Hear. Before you ever see God do something great, you will begin to hear it first. He knew the rain was coming, but he did not yet see it. He knew it was, it was about to hit. 
I, I don't know if it's the day, I don't know if it's tomorrow, but I know that rain is coming. Isn't that what faith is? Faith comes by hearing and, and hearing the word of God. And, and faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. If you're ever going to do something great for God, then it's going to require great steps of faith. I'll even say this. Elijah heard when no one else did. Elijah heard when no one else did. Secondly, he prayed. Elijah prayed. He didn't just hear it coming, but he prayed. You see, prayer allows us to be silent or to silent the noise of the outside, and we're, we can actually hear God speak. Sometimes our, our, our lives are so cluttered with noise from the outside that God is trying to speak, but it's very hard to actually hear him. You see, I believe that prayer changes things. I, I believe that it can change your circumstance. I, I believe that it can change your outlook or your perspective. I believe that prayer makes you dependent on God and not yourself. When you find yourselves in moments of prayer, what are you doing? You're saying, God, help me. God, I need, I need your help. Not only are you a great God, not only are you able, not only are you faithful, but here is what your word says and what it has said, and this is what you have spoken. And God, I rely on on you. So Elijah's praying. Third, he saw. There were signs leading, leading up to the rain. He saw. He saw what? He saw the cloud. It, it wasn't much, but it was something. It, it seemed to be a little, but it was something, but it was all that he needed. He had been praying. How many of you have been praying for something, and, and, and maybe you see something on the horizon, you're like, man, it, it seems maybe, it, it seems a little small, but, but, but I think that God is moving. I've been praying for it. I've been fasting for it, but now I'm starting to see God line some things up as I've been praying. What did he see? I believe he didn't just see a cloud. I believe he saw hope that rain was coming. I believe that he saw hope rising from the waters. You see, I see God, I see God getting ready to provide. Like Elijah, I see God getting ready to heal. I see God getting ready to restore that which has been lost. I see marriages being strengthened and unified. I see people becoming financially free. I see people getting free from the things that they've been bound to for years. I see people walking in their purpose and making a difference. And just like Elijah saw, I see God doing some things here in hope rising. And what I love about this story is that God sent the rain. He heard, he prayed, he saw, and then God sent the rain. And what does the rain represent anyways? I, I believe that it represents God's faithfulness, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. It represents his power. That he can make it rain when it needs to rain. That he's not bound by conditions or seasons. He's not bound by a weather drought or a pandemic or a financial drought. The word tells us that some plant and some water, but it's God who brings and gives the increase. And I just want to be a messenger to you today. 
I want to get ahead of the rain for a moment and tell you that rain is coming. I want to tell you today that the rain is coming. So let's get ready. Let's be prepared. You see, I believe Hope Rising that we have, we've dug a lot of ditches, spiritually speaking. We've dug a lot of ditches. We, we've prepared the way for God to send the rain. We, we, we sown the seed. You know, you would be crazy to plant an apple seed and not expect the apple seed to actually produce an apple tree. Do you know you would be crazy? You'd be crazy to plant whatever seed. Uh, maybe you have a garden in the backyard and, and you've got tomatoes and cucumbers and, 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 and whatever else back there. You'd be crazy to plant the seed and not expect there actually to be fruit that comes or vegetables that come from those seeds. And likewise, I'm here to tell you that this church has dug ditches and has sown seed after seed after seed. And I just believe that God is getting ready to send the rain and we're getting ready to see him do some things that are going to catapult us into this next season that we're walking in. The question is, is are you ready for rain? Are you ready for the rain? We've always had in our hearts for this church that, that we wouldn't always stay portable. We knew that that's how we would start, but we knew that that wasn't the overall end goal. We wanted to be able to have a place that we could effectively minister to your babies and your young kids and your older kids and teenagers. And, and we know even, let me, let me back up, I'll stop that for a second. Um, since, since the beginning of this year, uh, we have begun or began, we can, began to look for space. We began to look for a place that we could call Hope Rising home. Whether it was a lease space or a place to, to purchase, uh, we have been looking and just was not able really to find anything. Uh, we even were looking in the season uh, of, of COVID-19. When that hit, we, began, we were still looking. We kind of pressed pause on it, just nothing really kind of working out. Things way above our, our budget and capacity at this moment. And, and so we just kind of sat on it and just, just prayed. And so over the past two months, I have felt what I would call a stirring in my spirit or in my heart. I felt like the Lord was doing in, in me and for us in our church. And to no avail, still nothing. To no avail, there was, there was nothing. And in fact, I, I started driving around to places and driving around uh, to different buildings. And uh, I remember parking in front of buildings and praying over buildings and saying, saying God, we, 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 in Jesus' name, this is, uh, I, I'm just praying for a place, God, that, that we're not uh, hindered by, by what's being dictated or what's being told to us, but God, that we would have a place that we could call home. Uh, I was fasting and praying like crazy over some places that God would show and open up, but nothing, nothing was, was or has been working out. And last week, last week I said, you know what, I, I, need, 
I might as well bring this to the church. It's my heart. It's where we're at. And if you're here last week, you know that we said, let's start praying. I ask that you would start praying for, for God to open up a door, that God would show himself, that he would, he would, a miracle would happen, whether, whatever it may be, like God, would you do something? And it was, it was early this week, I got a phone call from a broker and uh, he said, hey, there's a door that's opening. I said, what? He said, he said yeah, there's, there's a door that is, is opening. So this week, there, we went and looked at a place. This week, we went and looked at a place, and, and, and actually, we're like, I think this might can work. Like, I think this is actually possible. This is, this is I, I feel like the Lord is, is really in this. This is, this is the first place that really seems like, like one, it can work for us, and two, it, it, it's, it's going to be great for us moving forward. And it's going to be a great next step for us as a church. And, and I just began to envision and think that it's a place where, where we can hold worship nights, where, where it's, we're not in a school, we're, we're in our own place. And, and so we, we come together and hold some worship nights. And it's a place for our worship team to practice and a place for our kids to call home where, where there's some less distractions. You know, I love our kids in the back, and I know we're in a family-style service, but you won't have to hear a rattle through the service. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, your kids, your, your older kids won't have to go outside right now and have a lesson. They'll have their own space and their own, their own place and uh, where they can learn about the love of Jesus. And, and I, I was just begin to envision that we would have a place where people would continue to, to discover their purpose and uh, a place that we could open up to the community during the week and, and find some ways that we can reach out and find some ways that we can really continue to be effective, maybe a place where businesses can come in and they can hold presentations for their offices. Now, I just began to dream about some things that this place could hold and, and do that we're not able to do and provide for people right now. That we would continue to be a place where people come together and unite, a place where the unlovable are loved. I think of some of the families and some of the people we have in our church that, that have a past that would scare people, but we've been a place and you've been a, you've been a people that has embraced all kinds of people, letting them know that they're loved and they're valued no matter what their past is. A place to grow spiritually and to get closer to Jesus. A place to hear God speak and a place to see God continue to do miracles. That's what I see. That's what I see. And so, so just like we ask you to take next steps in your spiritual journey, you're here. You're here on a Sunday. We say next steps like, you know, join a group or, or get into growth track. Today we are having growth track as our, for our church. We'll talk about our, our values some. We'll talk about how we operate, share our story a little bit more. And really help you begin to just call this place home and, and get involved. And, but, but what are some next steps for us as a church because we haven't signed anything and we haven't there's nothing that is that we're locked into right now but, but this is what I believe our next step is as a church 
that tonight at five o'clock, tonight at five o'clock, we're going to go pray over this building as a church for those that can and want to. Now we're just going to pray that if this is the Lord's will, if this is God's thing, I'll be honest, it, it looks good, it feels good, but if the Lord's not in it, he's not in it. But if he is in it, let's go, baby, let's get it, right? Come on. Some of you have been with us since the beginning. Come on, I'm just saying. And, and so we're going we're gonna to go pray. Before we do anything, we're going to pray. Elijah prayed. He heard and he prayed. Before he saw, he prayed. And for us as a church, we're going to go pray. And I believe our faith is going to grow. Our faith is going to rise. And we're going to see God do some great, continue to do great things in you and in this church. So at 5 p.m., I'm going to invite you out. Enrique, I don't even know if you have this in the address, but it's, it's 9814. You can put this, we'll put it on the screen here. Just a second, 9814 Whithorn Drive. 9814 Whithorn Drive. It's one street over. It's right off Telgi here. One street over. We're not even far from this place. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a business complex, but we're right on the corner. We've got great visibility. It's got the space that we believe is going to be amazing for us to, to grow in. 9814 Whithorn. W-H-I-T Horn Drive. There it is. One street over. And I believe our next step as a church is just to pray. And as we pray, believe in God to do what only God could do, that God would speak. And as he does, we just take our next steps. If God is calling us to step out of the boat and to walk on water, then we're going to walk on water. If God is saying, hey, I got this place for you, then we're going to walk into this. If he says no, then we're going to say no, and we'll figure something else out. But I want you to know that God, I, I, I truly believe God is in this. There's been some things that have been laid out already that it just, just seems to be working. And if it works, I mean, there could be a signed contract before too long, and it's, then it's just renovations, and we're in. But I believe the main, the, main, the main point today is that we're to pray as a church. You may have, deep, may have questions, and, and I'm sure you do, and we're going to try to lay those questions out for you and answer them over the next couple of weeks as we walk this out together as a church. But I believe our responsibility, our next step today is to pray. And so would you do that with me? Would you, would you just pray where you're at and pray with me for our church and for next steps and that what God, I believe God is showing us and providing for us that this would, this would provide a, a, a place where we're not, portable where we're not setting up every Sunday and I just believe that God is, is leading and guiding us. So Lord we, we know we're going to go pray here in a little bit at 5 o'clock but we pray in Jesus name that, that you would continue to lead and guide us. There's Elijah heard and then he prayed. God I feel like there's been a stirring over the last couple of months and Lord I pray today that Lord as we, as we lift this 
place up to you. We lift this potential place to call Hope Rising home. God, I, I pray that you would that you would speak clearly, that you would continue to provide, that you would continue to make a way. God, I, I, and I just, we just say thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing us to make a difference in this community. Lord, it's never been about us. It's always been about you. But you choose to use people. And I just want to say thank you for choosing. Choosing me. Choosing us. Choosing this church.